Welcome to Pool Party Radio, the number one podcast for things that don't work in the universe. I am your host, Parker, joined as always by co-host Jason Razorman, Cumulus Frizzbabes the third. Girl, you gotta work. That's what RuPaul sometimes said in the 90s. Um, she still does. She still does. And RuPaul's back in a big way, you know, with RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like she never left, really. But something from the 90s that was gone and is now back is the Wendy's Taco Salad. This podcast is not sponsored by Wendy's Taco Salad or Wendy's in general. But I have you had a chance to indulge in this 90s treat? I have not, but I got one for the wife the other day, and she gave it a thumbs down. She thought it was a basic bitch. Really? Yeah. I've never it's, had one. I was. I'm glad to hear that is a, a a basic bitch food item. It looks it looks really tired. And I don't know if food can look tired, but it's like, all right, mm-hmm. here's your salad. Here's some tortilla chips, and, uh, and then like without even announcing that they're dumping the chili on it, they just dump the chili on it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's all it is. It's like they take pieces of lettuce from like their side salad or whatever, then they put chips on it. And then you put, and then like they give you like little packets of sour cream that are like left over from all the people who don't get the baked potatoes there. And then, and then you put chili on it. And it's like, that's barely a taco salad. Like, I mean, I guess kind of, I don't know. I've never been to like a place that had real taco salads where you just dump chili on top. But it's like a real weird like mixture of like all the shit that like, Nobody really gets at Wendy's, so they have a lot of it. Uh, and then you just put it together in a big bowl. I don't know. It's a weird a weird item. Yeah, I'm not into it. Even like non-Wendy's versions. I remember um, somebody, somebody in my family, that was like their Wendy's go-to. My Wendy's go-to is a, a spicy chicken sandwich. Hell yeah, me too. That's the fucking, that's the jam, right? That's I- like the number one thing to get. But... um yeah, somebody used to get that like way back when. And I don't understand the promotion that much either. It's not like I'm not understanding that this was a 90s food item that they're bringing back. It's more about like the dialogue exchanges and some of those things. Like there's one where this, it's like this guy's daughter is in the driver's seat of a car. And all it is that she just turns to her dad in the passenger seat. I'm assuming her dad. She's like, Wendy's had a taco salad. And then the camera pans over and the dad is putting on sunglasses and smiling. He's like, Wendy's has a taco salad. I don't get that. Yeah. I don't understand. Is that a reference to something? Or Yeah. Then, like, if you're going to make a big deal about bringing something back, like, it's got to be, like, a pretty memorable thing. Because, like, I'm a, like, I like that Wendy's and Wendy's is, like, huge in Ohio, but I never knew they had a fucking taco salad. Right. Yeah. If, if, if a fast food place is bringing back something from a while ago it's got to be it's got to be something i'm really into and i'm not really into salads like i haven't eaten taco (laughs) bell for a long long time but if they brought back border fries hell yes i'm gonna do that actually i'm now just hating myself for not having gone to taco bell while i was in canada because apparently border fries are still in the menu up there Oh, I'm just so pissed right now, Parker. Man. I totally forgot about this. You blew it. I blew it, Capiche. So speaking of Canadians in 90s things, we are going to be talking about a Canadian 90s thing on the show today. Man, what a wonderful segue. Yeah, and that was I just that was very organic. Like 
I am really pissed at myself that I didn't get a, a Taco Bell in Canada. It was very orgasmic. It was very orgasmic. I should have had it on my iPhone as an alarm. Like, don't forget, go to Taco Bell mm-hmm. while you're while you're in this different country for border fries, you idiot. But yeah, we're gonna be talking <laughs> about the the '90s horror themed uh, preteen show. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a Nickelodeon kids show. Are you afraid of the dark? Season four, in honor of our holiday season, and I guess in honor of Canada, hockey season just started again. So that's a uh, that's comparative, right? I suppose so. It's a parallel. It's a nice parallel. Yeah, I don't. I just don't understand hockey. I don't know. I, I don't have any context for this. This is like that time I didn't have any context uh, this week on junk food dinner for football. Like I, I just don't. I don't understand. I'm into it because it's one of the sports that gets overlooked so much that it will, at least in the States, it'll do anything to, to just like broadcast. So I don't have a major league baseball season pass or NFL season ticket. I, I really don't even have like my local channels, but I do have this cable subscription where NBC sports will play hockey games and I'm into it. I'm actually like I enjoyed a full uh, St. Louis Blues, and uh, who else was it? Um, I'm, oh, Pittsburgh Penguins. They were good. It was a good matchup. Yeah, I've always like wanted to like hockey. I, I've never really given it a chance. I guess I've never really watched it. But like growing up, hockey always seemed like a cool sport, like cooler than most. You know, like that's a good pun. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Because it's on ice. Hee hee, tee hee. Like, uh, I like baseball when I was a little kid, but it's like stupid and boring once you're like over the age of 11, I think. And yeah. like, I hate football because like most of it's just dudes like standing around looking at file, like <laughs> looking at clipboards <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I yeah, like, if I want to see that, I'll just go to a doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. And then you also get to learn about like uh, your blood pressure, which is helpful. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, but I like basketball, but like, you know, I never used to like basketball. So I used to like hate all sports, but I thought that hockey was like a cool one. Like I thought that that would be the one I would get into because like dudes fight, uh, jerseys are cool. Uh, Kevin Smith seemed to like it. I, I liked him a lot as a kid. So like, yeah, I always thought like if I was going to like a sport, I would get into hockey, but, uh, yeah, just never got into it. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to a hockey game one day. They used to have them in, in Dayton. Like, I think there's like some minor league team there or some, garbage and i always wanted to go but i just never did yeah i i appreciate going to games but i also enjoy drinking a lot for cheap and hockey games do that excellently like don't get me wrong baseball games basketball games they can all do this but particularly the ones in uh dayton when you're talking about which was like the dayton gems that was their original team and then it got bought out as dayton devils and now it's i'm not even sure what it is now it's like the dayton um uh, threatening name team mm-hmm. they uh, they would have like entry would be around well, this was around thanksgiving like bring in a canned food item but then beers were like uh 50 cents or some cheap nonsense and i'm not talking like here's a dixie cup full of beer like these are plastic cups you just walk out forward in hand like well i guess um this is this is gonna be my evening so yeah i it's fun i had a fun time and it's dynamic and the music's usually pretty good. Like the game I was watching, uh, whenever the opposing team would, 
uh, score, they'd play the organist would play tubular bells. It's kind of like the Exorcist theme to make yeah. it like, uh oh, better get in shape or else a demon's gonna possess the little girl. I guess that <laughs> so, would be cool. I mean, I would be hella into and uh, hockey if that were the case. Well, at first I couldn't tell what the what the melody was, and sometimes when I hear like tubular bells, I'll mistake it for uh, John Carpenter's Halloween theme music. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought it was. And I was like, oh, that's wicked cool. I can't believe they're playing <laughs> this. But alas, it was not. Um, oh, no, it was Blackhawks. I don't know why I said uh, Pittsburgh Penguins was a different game. I watched a couple of games this week. But uh, it was Blackhawks and St. Louis Blues in Chicago. Let's see what anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm starting to watch it because it's available. And it's fun. Well, I'm into it. I endorse this. I'll back you up. Thanks, sir. No problem. Um, let's see. What should we talk about now? We have Are You Afraid of the Dark? We have uh, the Pumpkin Spice Channel. Oh, do you want to talk about Ken Bone? Um, do you? I don't know. A little. But okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to. <laughs> sure. I'll talk about him. Uh what a week that guy's had, right? Because first of all, he achieved like national claim for having a a uh, kind of a porn star name, right? Hell yeah, a very. And then people started digging up his porn viewing history on Reddit. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I'm getting real heated about this. It's like, hey, I'm mad. I like a little. I don't know. Like, there's some people out there who like got really into Ken Bone because like. Uh, I don't know. They were saying like he was like just kind of like a normal centrist voice of reason in like a weird debate, and I can get behind that. Like if that's why you like Ken Bone, cool. But I think the majority of people out there were like, "Oh, look, here's a fat bald dude with a mustache and a stupid sweater. Let's call him awesome, even though what we're really doing is calling him ugly, and that will be funny. We're goofing on him, but we'll do it in a way that's like ironic. We'll say he's awesome, but uh, we we're all winking to each other. We all know we're making fun of this like fat little schlubby man, and I thought that that was like some real horse shit, especially in a day and a time where we're not allowed to talk about like, we're not allowed to goof on people for the way they look anymore, unless apparently it's Ken Bone, who looks like your uncle. Then it's all right. Yeah, I, surprisingly, I agree with you one hundred and. 50,000%. That's not a number. <laughs> but it's a. Uh, this was goofy. I hated the false pretense of like, oh, Ken Bone. What a what a miraculous, refreshing uh, voice of reason. What a breath of fresh air this guy is. Here's a couple more tweets about Ken Bone. I'm going to use his full name and all this. And here's a picture of him uh, when he looks in the camera because he's befuddled and look at that sweater and now there's like ken bone sexy costumes available like for women for the ladies oh my god you want to want to dress like a sexy ken bone that's weird and and then like it's like oh look at this midwestern schlub it's like i i don't get that either i don't get the interest i don't understand i don't understand i guess it was uh as you say like people were I don't think people are in agreement that um, we're not allowed to make fun of people. I think people like to put that forward in a lot of conversations when it's something that they feel a connection to. 
because like I don't know you don't have to look too far to find people who are interested in one thing but are going to get real they're just fly off the handle when a very similar thing is happening to something they like mm-hmm. or something they feel is being um, mistreated so it, I think a lot of these people are just dealing with weird personal preference issues and Ken Bone just surprised everyone so he was people were suddenly okay with it instead of being more noble and adult-like about it. Yeah, it's a real surprising turn of events. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, we were all surprised by Ken Bone. Yeah, he took us, he took us by surprise. Uh, but yeah, like this thing that you mentioned where like uh, Gizmodo or whatever, the techie website, for some reason, the techie website's leading the charge on this. Um where like they're digging up now all of Ken Bones like past Reddit encounters and like just spilling all this dirt about like about this dude and it's like dude like he's just some fucking dude who yeah, cares like you don't need gonna... to do write some thousand word expose about how you've busted uh Ken Bone for for making uh a comment about how attractive some porn star is on Reddit like he's just a fucking dude Right. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Like, this is the hard hitting journalism that (laughs) we're going to miss out on when all the umbrella uh, organizations under fucking uh, Gonker someday go under. We won't get to know what some workaday dude is doing online. Like, I didn't want to know. Right. (laughs) Like, we're we're in the midst of probably the most bizarre election, presidential election race that you and I have ever experienced. I can't recall anything this unusual. Um, But no, let's, let's focus on this dude who just asked a question at a debate. That's way more interesting. Oh, what? He made some comment about like (laughs) the specific comments about like pregnant women. Oh, I didn't see that. A Reddit thread about, he said that they reminded him of submarines. And there's something like poetic and charming about that, but also like, uh, no, I'm not into this. And yeah, that's cute. I don't know. Yeah. That's fine. Was it on yeah. like a porn it thread? Anything... Huh? Was it on like a porn thread? It was like an NSFW thread. Oh, okay. Uh, well, so just like a not safe for work thing. It makes it a little weirder, but still, that's fine. That's cute. It's a cute thing to say. Yeah. Like, none of this, as far as I could tell, and I'm not going to do a lot of digging on Ken Bone, I'm just like, they're trying to make some scandalous story of a guy who is doing nothing. Like he's asking the question to a person who is, who's done nothing to describe any sort of policy issues, an entire election cycle and just like reinvented or not reinvented, but brought all of the festering bad parts of America to the surface. Another person who has had a lengthy political career and has, has some issues that need to be investigated anyway, just to like get a better idea of who this person is. Like we don't know these people any better. I know more about Ken bone this week than I do about the presidential (laughs) candidates. That's fucking sad. That's like, that's my point. Like of the three people that we could have focused on, you, you blew it. Gizmodo (laughs) just decided to go for like, Hey, what about this normal dude? Yeah. What about this dude? One, a lot of people at that, uh, Oh, debate like asked questions 
But this dude was the weirdest looking one, so we're going to focus on him and tell you all about Reddit. Like, there was a bunch of other pretty innocuous looking people at asking questions at the the debate, but who cares about their Reddit history? They weren't wearing a sweater that was too small for their fat body, so we're yeah. going to focus on Ken Bone. We got to figure out his dark secrets. Also, their yeah. Also, their names aren't Ken Bone. Like it, there's just so so much predictably sad knee jerk reactions to this shit. Like the false pretense of like, no, no, it's just he's neat, he's refreshing. It's like fuck you. Mm-hmm. You dumb pieces of shit. You <laughs> fell again for like the easiest, lowest joke bars. Like this is, this is it. This is fucking, it's middle school all over again. Like the one week where we're not dredging up our pasts about high school and middle school, I'm still confronted with it. Turns out it's the entire nation. Oh, he's got a goofy ass name. <laughs> oh, look at that sweater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking, if anybody's, not from the states that's the american school experience goofy clothes uh, unusual names and that's it Mm -hmm. i'm speaking from experience yeah i got i i also got made fun of for my name so i'm with you we're all we're all ken bones today (laughs) uh yeah and like i also think that people were goofing on him for like just the fact that he's undecided like a lot i've seen a lot of people like goof on him for that and it's like Like, not everybody's got to be on your fucking team. Like, just let him be undecided. Who gives a shit? Like, I know this, like, with us or you're against us shit in politics is is for the birds, I feel. Yeah, and it only comes out during presidential cycles. Yep. Like, it's never for your local judges or shit that matters on a more personal level. Like, yeah, the president's important. But it's not so important as what you do in your own community. And you don't give a shit. Like, you barely don't even know who your <laughs> representatives are. Like, yeah, I, I would be more interested in talking about this, like, politics if people were not just more informed. Like, that's not it. It's, like, more involved. Like, if you're not, if you don't care about voting or any of that stuff, okay, that's fine. Like, all this other shit. It's like, yeah, it's you're just interested in the president. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's just a celebrity thing. Like, he's a famous guy they're going to see on TV, so or her. So, historically, he, why I say that? I'm not sexist. Uh, so, like, <laughs> so, so people, like, that's the one that people care about. That's the one that's going to get made fun of on Saturday Night Live for the next four years. That's the one that's going to yeah. show up on the Today Show. That's the one that goes on the mm-hmm. Between the Two Ferns show, so people care about that. Despite the fact that your local mayor has a much bigger impact on what happens in your life, but that person's not going to be on SNL. Like, yeah, Jimmy Fallon's not going to play that person in a sketch. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, that's like the entire that's the entire takeaway of that. Thanks, Obama meme, like something that was supposed to be ironic and a joke that got like harangued into this into this like genuine feeling of like, yeah, you know what? The president did close down these roads. No, that was your city council. They did that. <laughs> They, yeah. they wanted to divert traffic so they could fix some sewer lines, and you just didn't pay fucking attention to it. Not yeah. a huge deal. Not saying you had to, but you're blaming the wrong person. It's just uh, and most of, like most of that like city council people like a lot of the time they run unopposed. A lot of the times they win elections yes. by six votes. Yes. Like you can change change your whole life just by going out and voting locally. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, your local uh, city councilman doesn't hang out with Beyonce, so who gives a shit? 
That's not cool. Yeah. It's not cool to Is vote for that. Is their name Ken Bone or equally <laughs> unusual? And then I don't Why are we even talking about it then? Friends? Mm. Politics yeah, I'm, make me heated. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. This is... And what a, what a year. Yeah. Remember when we thought like 2016 was going to be awesome? And then mm-hmm. like Lemmy died. Or was that 2015? I can't remember. I think that was this year. Okay. Yeah. Lemmy. And then it was just like downhill. It was like David Bowie, Prince. Mm-hmm. All these celebrities started dying that we appreciated and things were getting worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Not even celebrities that we appreciated, but as Kevin Moose pointed out on Junk Flood, uh, like the celebrities that have died have like been personal heroes of the founders of Podcast Town. Like my hero, Muhammad Ali died. Your hero, David Bowie died. Corey's hero, Prince died. Like it's like right. it's like they're being like our heroes specifically are being targeted. Yeah, watch yeah. out, watch out, uh, James Wan, Mike Dick's hero. <laughs> they're coming for you. Hide. <laughs> Watch out, yeah. Tobin Bell. They're coming to get you. Yeah, celebrities that like had meant something to us. And I guess there has to be like some differentiation. Like politics shouldn't be this idolization of celebrity, this cult I mean, it really shouldn't be like this, but we've made it into this. We do talk about like, oh, did you see so and so doing an impression of uh the president? Like that's on SNL. And uh, that's the main interesting point about this that people want to take away from. Like they, I'm really anxious for like November 10th because there's going to be that day right after where people are like, oh, this is bullshit or whatever. Like people getting real upset that their candidate lost. But after that, no one's going to care. Like November 10th will roll around, November 11th, and people will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My man, uh, Adam Carolla, he used to say on the love line uh, that, like, if you, like, locked somebody up who was, like, super heated about, like, whoever was going to win, like, you know, somebody who's, like, super backing one candidate, like, if the day before Election Day you locked them in a bunker and then let them out four years later, like, they would have no idea who won. Like, <laughs> everything's just going to be exactly the same. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> Oh, like, they'd have to look up the actual... Yeah, like uh, if you statistics and everything. Okay. Yeah, like if you let them out and like just let them walk the streets, like there's no way they'd ever know. Like nothing's di- going to be different. Yeah, but everything leading up to this has has been just so bizarre. Like this is weird turn the turn of the century, like mob mentality uh, actions going on. And it's it's totally disheartening and ugly. That's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to after the election, too. I just want that stuff to, well, shit, I don't know. I don't know if it dies down or you have to, like, we have to redo everything after all this. Oh, who knows? One thing that we have to redo right now, though, Mr. Frisbee, mm-hmm. is the Pumpkin Spice Channel, a favorite segment on this podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is something we can all get behind. Not divisive at all. Pumpkin Spice. Uh, I say sarcastically, as apparently it makes people heated for some fucking reason. Uh, <laughs> you either love pumpkins or you don't, I guess. I don't know. That's, I like heated about... pumpkin spice food items, though. Oh, I hear that. Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I have these new Hostess cupcakes. You're familiar with these. Oh, man. I remember those. 
Yeah, they're great. Usually they come in chocolate flavor, but I got these pumpkin spice ones. So let's, uh, I'll take a bite here. Let me just, uh, I'll just take a bite. I'll report back after I've chewed a few times if it's good. Please, please get those chew sounds on mic. I need to hear it. I'm chewing now. Oh, man, this is great. I like hearing the air go in uh, to your gums and work its way around. I appreciate it. I can tell you're getting all the olfactory senses kicked in there. This is pretty good. It's not overly pumpkin-y. Or it's not overly pumpkin-y, I should say. Um, But it's tasty. Uh, Like, if you just handed me this, I'm not exactly sure that I would be able to discern that it was pumpkin-flavored. It kind of tastes like carrot cake. Maybe it okay. is just carrot cake, actually. And they're trying to is trick the, me. What's the cream like? Uh, let me let me get into this cream. Let me stick my tongue in. <laughs> That's just normal ass cream. Okay, so it's like there's. It doesn't even have a different color. It's just like the white cream from the chocolate cupcakes. Yeah, that's just normal. Okay, so the cream is okay. You... I've also, I've also, I've often wondered, like I'll have these Hostess cupcakes from time to time with the cream in them, and I'm totally yeah. okay with eating it, despite the fact that I have this debilitating fear of uh, white creamy foods. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the the stuff. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't no, bother no. me if it's like inside of a cupcake for some reason. Okay. Who knows? Who who knows how fear works? Who knows what fear lies in the heart of cupcakes? Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. <laughs> you do say that, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so is this pumpkin any, or is it not pumpkin any? I'm going to play the drop for you right now so you can uh, tell for sure that it is, in fact, pumpkin any. It's pumpkin mini! <laughs> I would say it's pumpkin any. Tastes more like carrot cake than pumpkins, but still pretty good. Can't go wrong. Cool. I still haven't had anything pumpkin spice flavored this in. Oh. Well, so far in this month of October. Maybe when we hang out at the end of the month, we'll have to try some pumpkin-flavored stuff. Yeah, I think so. I've got some pumpkin Pop-Tarts that I haven't broke open yet. So maybe we can get something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, fit. we'll get some pumpkin any stuff. We'll stop by the store. We'll pick it up. Okay. Uh, one thing that we'll also be picking up is, are you afraid of the dark? Um. Right after I mentioned that, uh, I forgot to mention to Wayne that we were recording this week because last week the episode got delayed by a week and blah, blah, blah. So uh, possibly right here at the 27-minute mark, I'll just write that down for our producer who edits the show. Uh, Possibly right now here is Wayne's podcast news. Uh, But if not, pause for edit. We will be talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark right now. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark is a show that was on Nickelodeon when we were all kids. For the past X amount of years, we gather at Halloween time to discuss these episodes. We're up to season four. Wow. What a couple of years it's been, right? It has been wild. It's been a wild time. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to do the first three episodes of season four. Uh, I, I really like to complete things so possibly we'll get through the entire season here in the next couple of weeks probably past halloween it will take us to do it uh but maybe not because going past halloween seems antithetical to the idea but uh we'll we'll talk about it amongst ourselves we'll get the producer in here we'll get all the past producers together to brainstorm on what we're gonna do (laughs) that sounds like a good idea 
Yeah. And uh, or just let us know in the comments on the podcast sound thread. Should we even if it takes us into deep November, should we finish out this season or uh, should we just start, you know, just not even worry about finishing out a season? It's up to you and the producers. So this is uh, the first episode of season four is the tale of Cutler's treasure. Part one. It's the first two part episode. Mr. Frisbee, which mm-hmm. you would think would mean that it's like a really good episode where they couldn't fit all the action into one episode. The story was so big uh, yeah. they had to stretch it. But uh, no, it's just a regular ass episode mm-hmm. that they stretched into two parts, making it very boring in the process. Yes, I, I'm glad I'm not alone in this. Uh, <laughs> I remember watching while well, I was watching both these episodes uh, they find time to fit in like a recap of the first episode because we have to remember that this is at a time when like you couldn't stream stuff and recaps mm-hmm. were important. So we get like a minute or so of Gary recounting, here's what happened last time. And it came that realization where it's like, oh shit, they could have fit all of this in one 24 minute spiel. Like there was no need for all this. Mm-hmm. So Do you- yeah, I I felt like I... Wasted some time on this uh, two-parter. Yeah, the recap, like they recap the first episode and the second episode, like you said, like, and it takes about 30 seconds for them to catch you up. It's just like, these two kids are brothers. One of them found a weird contraption at a magic store. Yeah. Like, you could have just, like, you could have just played it out, like, in real time. Like, that's all that happened in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, So. The the crux about these two. Uh, episodes is that it's being told by um, Gary and Frank and you gotta remember like Frank is kind of like the the tough kid of the group Gary's the the spectacled uh, host the familiar host of the group who's a little more preppy uh, right Mm -hmm. almost like a Zack and Slater thing except not as cool right yeah Except so, no chemistry between these two characters one bit. No. Like, even when they high-five at the end of the second episode, I was like, that was forced. <laughs> Somebody's telling them, and action. Like, it didn't feel natural. Yeah. You guys have to high-five each other. Just do it. Do it now. You know what a high-five is. God, you're the worst. Um, yeah, but uh, it's... These two episodes are an effort to bring in a special guest uh, who plays the pirate namesake for the tale. And the tale is uh, the tale of Cutter's treasure. And that's um, uh, Jonas Cutter and played by Charles S. Uh, Dutton. Mm-hmm. Rock of, himself. Exactly. Of TV's fame. And he's great. Like he's fun to watch. He's got some pretty gnarly makeup and stuff and, Affects like a kind of a Jamaican accent or something. Yeah, it's like uh, a it? weird Car- Caribbean kind of thing, sort of. That's probably more accurate. I, I really don't know. Like it, it, it sounded like it was going in and out, but maybe I just don't have an ear for it. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I think he was like just like not good at it, so he like kind of tried to hedge <laughs> his bets where it like sort of sounds Jamaican or Caribbean or something like that, but like it also sounds like he's from Queens a little bit, like. <laughs> It's like just, just talk like you're a New York pirate, please. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, I'm walking the plank over here. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a pretty good joke. Um, yeah, but not a lot happens, and the episodes are also an effort to not just work in a guest star, but uh, work in two very familiar faces. Uh, Sardo, the magic man, and Mr. Excuse me, Dr. Vink, the also a magic man. Um, they're both magical, right? Yeah, both pretty magical. Although I think Sardo, yeah. I don't know. They play it weird. like sometimes when Sardo shows up, he's a hack, like fraud, and then sometimes he's like actually magical. But I think Vink's always pretty on the up and up. Yeah, well, he's got a doctorate in it. Yeah, he went to <laughs> he got his graduate degree in being magical. Um, he's got a lot of student loan debt right now. Yeah, he's trying to find different avenues to make money fast. Mm -hmm. um, in these episodes, it's because he gave Sardo a magic a chest. Like it looks like a small pirate's chest that Sardo has set up as a sort of novelty um, try your luck thing in his magic shop. Um, I guess Mr. or Dr. Vink was like, hey, set this up in your store. People will be attracted to it, and we'll try to try to open up this unopenable chest. Whoever opens it is the person I'm looking for, and you'll get some money in exchange for your help in your shop space. Um, so we get these two brothers, and I shit you not, I had to recheck this a couple times. But one of the brothers, the oldest one, is named Rush, like the Canadian prog rock band. <laughs> yeah, of course. Most kids in uh, in Canada are named Rush. And the other half are named Getty. <laughs> right. It's a weird place. Yeah, so we follow like Rush and Getty in their mm -hmm. adventures uh, without a babysitter. Um, their parents go out of town. And Rush, I think that's like a nickname for Russell in this episode, but I'll just keep calling him Rush. Uh, he wants, he's, he's too cool for babysitters, but the parents are like, hey, give this check to the babysitter. And he's like, I'm too cool for babysitters, too, definitely too cool for my twerp-ass little brother, Alex. Uh, so he, they they find a way to deceive the babysitter when she arrives because she's, uh, she's an older woman. And she's easily fooled by uh, fake measles on an arm that, are, that like hands her a check out of the uh, mail slot. So Rush tries to make plans to hang out with a girl. Alex says he just wants to hang out with his older bro. They compromise. Rush gets a magic kit from Sardo. But while there, even though he's totally disinterested in shit, he's like, well, I'll open this chest too. And he's able to open it. So he's he's the man. He is the, the chosen one to open that chest. And there's some rusted items in it. And then the adventure ensues. Pirate ghosts show up because they are... They... They're attracted to whatever is in that chest. Aren't we all? Oh man. Yeah. Uh yeah. This episode yeah, this episode like sucks like real bad. Um there is a scene where the little brother is like hanging out in his room and like a skeleton, a pirate skeleton, like reaches out for him and grabs his leg. I thought that was cool. You know? I'm always scared of stuff being under the bed, and I'm always scared of skeletons. Yeah, but these aren't scary skeletons, though. Like, yeah. these are, like, party fantasy skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, Halloween Express skeletons. Like, you'll get some kind of creepy line of dialogue, like, I've been here the whole time. 
But then like this very stiff wooden skeleton arm and hand with like giant ass jewels on its bony fingers, like reaches out and touches a shoulder. Or that one that was like in a, a coffin and it started laughing, but they were just shaking the skeleton violently. To make it look like its jawbone was moving. Yeah, that was no good. And then, like, there's this one scene where, like, the kid stumbles upon a skeleton, and then, like, they use this crappy morph effect, and it turns into, like, a normal dude. And it's like, well, that's the opposite of how something scary should go. He should have been a dude first, and then a a skeleton later. Like, yeah. It turned into something less scary. What are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a skeleton man. Oh, wait, no, it's just a not very attractive man. Yeah, it's just a, okay. a normal-ass Ken Bone now. <laughs> That's a very good joke. Thank you. Because it's a skeleton. Yeah, it works on two levels because he's not an attractive man, and then also Ken Bone is a skeleton. Yeah, skeletons are made of bones. It's really one of the better jokes. It's I... what, what, if only our drops worked, I could tell you that it was an important joke as well. What a great joke. It's It's one for the... One for the books, really. There's some, there's some like dream sequences in here. Like I feel like that there were somebody who was inspired by Phantasm because, like, a young boy's being abducted by. Well, these aren't like interdimensional aliens, but pirate ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like a weak ass trope, pirate ghosts. Yeah, I know. Somebody watched Phantasm and Scooby Doo, I think, and they're <laughs> like, "Here we go." Now we're cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was the – oh, yeah, they leave a note for the older brother, like after they abduct this kid. Or no, right before they abduct him. Like they stick a note in the closet door on this parchment in very neat handwriting. And it says something along the lines of like, it's not a dream. We have the boy or the boy is mine. Yeah, it was so, it was uh, Brandy and Monica left that that's, note for him. Right. Yeah, that's what I was, I was like, oh, this is going to get good. <laughs> yeah. Brandy and Monica are here. So this is going to be a cool duet. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not the case. It's just a bunch of uh, creepy, creepy old pirate ghosts. One yeah. of whom is called Mr. Noise. That's uh, Jono's name. Jono's nickname. His, <laughs> uh, his DJ name. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's what you, that's how you do when you're a noise musician. Yep. You just make you make no uh make no bones about it. Ah. I'm Mr. Noise. Yeah. That's uh my my college dorm room buddy used to always listen to Sonic Youth, so I called him Mr. Noise. <laughs> uh, playing that garbage. There's, uh, oh, the brother, the big brother who doesn't have time for babysitting. He's hanging out with his girlfriend, and uh, she kisses him, causing him to drop all of his CDs. And like that really made me upset because it's like, <laughs> you know, like all those CDs are probably like out of print now. And I was like, ah, like you're gonna really wish that you hadn't scuffed those CDs up in a few years when your iPod blanks out and uh, mm-hmm. dies, and you fucking don't have any CDs anymore. They must have been really rare CDs because I didn't recognize a single one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they had like just like stock, uh, <laughs> stock. It's like, this looks stuff. like a Buzzcocks album, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good, like, they get to the point at the end of this first episode where the brother's kidnapped 
And and then like Charles S. Dutton picks him up like the way that like you pick up a wife to carry her over the threshold, which is like not an intimidating way to take away your kidnapping Wait, victim. Hold on. He carries him under one arm like a, a sack of potatoes. Like, is that is that what you did after you got married? You're like, oh, hold on. Let me just get this. And also this bag of groceries on the other. OK. Oh, did he? In my oh, in my mind's eye, I just imagine him picking him up like a baby. Oh, I'm remembering no, no. Now he's got him up like a like a a cat would pick up a you know a kitten like by the neck almost oh he had him by the neck in his mouth that's why the lines were so hard to hear (laughs) okay now i get it um but yeah it's like right then is when the story ends and like they go back to the midnight society and they're like oh it's it's raining we have to finish the story next week and it's like what a convenient ass place for it to start raining is right at the cliffhanger (laughs) gary and frank yeah gary and frank control the weather Mm-hmm. With a uh, cloud busting, they've got that that machine that yeah. controls or, uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, like when they come back, like they talk, like they're telling the story, and then it's like Gary will say one line, and then Frank will say one line to kind of end it. And I was wondering if like they told the whole story like that, like they were the Beastie Boys, like if <laughs> just this guy says one line and then this guy says one line, but. Well, at the beginning of the second episode, Gary's younger brother, Tucker, does say, kick it, mm-hmm. when he wants to hear the story start. That's not even a joke. That's a, That'd be a shitty joke to make, but he actually <laughs> does say that line in the story. Yeah. And then there's that part where Frank tells Gary that he was going to go into his locker and smash his glasses. I like that part. <laughs> this is my favorite Beastie Boys lyric. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, part two starts. They're all back. Uh, and then... The brother goes to Dr. Sarno again, and he says, I don't know what this thing is, but it's making ghosts show up at my house. And I think that's a very funny line. <laughs> Try to grab yeah. a, a drop of that at some point. Um, and then also I was wondering, does Frank – I didn't go back through the Wikipedia. I'm sure Wikipedia could probably tell me, but like – I think the first time Dr. Sarno showed up, maybe the first two times, he was in Gary stories – but does Frank own Dr. Vink? Like, is that the, is that what makes this story so cool? That, like, are, we get these two characters crossing over, and it's the first time two characters have told a story, I think. Like, is he Frank's character? Like, or or did they? I think, yeah, Frank probably has, like, uh, the trademark rights to Dr. Vink. And, or, like, copyright, I guess. Maybe copyrighted. Yeah, I, like he's my intellectual property. You just can't throw him into your fucking ghost story. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't remember. Th- that was my assumption. I couldn't remember either, though. Yeah, I'll try to go back and see. You know what? I think um, I think Doctor Vink is Gary's, and Sardo is Frank's, which is weird because Sardo is such like not a tough character, and you'd think that Frank would have like a tougher character. Well, I think Sardo is Gary's because Gary's parents work in the magic shop. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You got me. That's a, I remember that episode now. Yeah. So I, I, who knows? But anyway, so, uh, I don't know. These dickheads, like they find, uh, Charles S. Dutton in this pirate ship and they're like, I don't know, like ends in some weird convoluted way. Like he wanted to get caught so that way he could like leave this mortal coil or some stupid shit. And uh, and then it ends. Who cares? 
Yeah. But, um, yeah. The last half well, the second episode, somebody just got real lazy and was watching the Goonies in the background. And they're like, yeah, that'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an underground pirate treasure. Yeah. That's in, good in enough. The mainland. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's dumb. So, and then it ends. Uh, I don't know. I, I would have really liked a much bigger story. Like, I mean, I like that they're like crossing over the Vink and Sardo are in the same story together. Cause this is like, I mean, they've been showing up like a lot of times. Yeah. And I like Sardo is dead or something, or he got like Superman three'd into space. Yeah. And the very first episode he's in, he gets Superman three'd into a, a crystal ball. Right. But then he's like back. Yeah. It was cool. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I like that. I don't. It would have been cooler, I think, maybe if like rather than teaming those guys up to take out these dumbass pirate ghosts, like if they had to team up to take out like you know some iconic monsters from you know do like a sequel to some iconic monster episode, you know, like bring, yeah, like the clown or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that clown has a couple of episodes dedicated to him. So yeah, team them up to bring to fight that clown or like those uh, weird. Uh, Shadow Men from that best episode ever. I don't know. Whatever like it is. Sardo versus Vink versus Shadow Men or yeah. Clown. Yeah, do something cool. I don't know. Like, team them up just for this dumb fucking pirate ghost. Oh, well. The uh, next episode is The Tale of the Renegade Virus. This is uh, not a time, not a story about the time that uh, <laughs> I got that chlamydia in college. <laughs> It's a different state, a different story. Now that episode is clearly titled that the tale of that time I got chlamydia in college. Yeah. That's, uh, are you afraid of the dark, the college years? Mm. <laughs> That's where Bill Golick shows up and he's the resident advisor. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is another Gary story. Oddly enough. Really hogging the spotlight. Yeah, Gary. <laughs> Uh, he's late to the Midnight Society because his, he couldn't do his book report because his computer got a virus. So he had to stop off at, uh, he had to stop off and get a virus doctor on a floppy disk so that he could kill the virus. Now, normally like at at this point of an episode, I would definitely be rolling my eyes, but I got so excited because I'm like, yes, this is a nineties take on how computers work. So I was pretty pumped up for this episode at that point. Yeah, 90s takes on how computers work are always great because, like, they can always do, like, every... They're always magic. They're always, like, literally made out of magic, and it's great. Yeah. And this one, at the start of it also, like, Gary gets real methodical with his word choice because he starts comparing, like, what if a virus... A virus in a computer can take over the entire computer, which, again, it's like, okay, Gary, cool your jets. But then he gets all, like, creepy about it, and he's like, a virus is something communicable. It can spread from one to the other. So he starts to get, like, real Cronenberg-y mm-hmm. uh, with the way he's really interested in, like, body horror. It's like, what if a virus infected your brain? And he's, like, aiming this all at his younger brother, Tucker, because he's, like, 90% sure that Tucker fucked him over mm-hmm. with the virus. So he launches into this tale, and as we come to find out, it is pretty Cronenbergery. Um, yeah, yeah. The effects aren't great, but it is like a lot of weird body horror stuff. Yeah. And, at, at one point, they just glue like a, a USB port to the palm of this guy's hand. 
or yeah, it was like even like a, I think it was like a monitor connection or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this, and the villain in this is like, I'm going to, I'm going to put my plug into your hand. So it's that weird pseudo sexual Cronenberg stuff too. It's like, is this, is this what Cronenberg thinks is sex? Just yeah. like anything that plugs in anything else. Okay. Yeah. It does get kind of sexual at the end because like, well, there's a monster to jump ahead a little bit. There's a, a little person monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, despite what some podcasters would have you believe, is not the rats of humans. But he is the the rat of cyberspace in this. Yeah, he is literally the rats of cyberspace. Uh, I keep using literally wrong, but it's fun to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so he's like a, uh, this little tiny uh, midget actor who is kind of dressed like Brainiac from Superman. Like He's like all yes. metal. His brain yeah. is exposed. And, like, the kid has that little monitor port on his palm. And then near the end, the guy, like, a weird cable comes out of his head, like, in From Beyond. And it's, like, trying to attach to the kid's palm. And it is very – there's a lot of sexual subtext going on in there. Yeah, because that, that plug is just, like, it's dangling. It <laughs> is just, like <laughs> – it looks limp. like, And it's just – reaching out to that kid's hand i'm like this is this is very uncomfortable to watch (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah like i was expecting somebody because of the way that port looked in that kid's hand like how the weird sort of flesh makeup just making it part of it i was expecting him to at one point be like well long live the new flesh eh?" Mm -hmm. because they're canadian oh yeah yeah in this episode uh, a lot of it centers upon that one brother is picking on the other, and then like, so- now, are they brothers? Or are they neighbors? Because I couldn't tell. It's oh. Scott and Evan, and I think they're friends. Yeah. But, or is Simon? It's Simon, and Simon's like a super jerk to Evan, like stealing his bike and shit, changing his locker combination, and in like uh, stealing his Kool Aid. He's a uh, <laughs> lady he's interested in. Yeah, yeah, he's a real prick. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the relationship is exactly. Maybe they're brothers, uh, or maybe they're neighbors, maybe they're uh, whoever knows. But the one kid who's getting picked on, we find out later, well, the kid goes into virtual reality. They meet some dumb teacher who wears tie-dye who like made this virtual reality machine. They hook the one kid in. He goes in. That's where he meets the little brainiac virus in this virtual reality machine. But yeah. it turns out the kid who's been getting picked on, he's the one who implanted the virus to fuck with the other guy. And like he's like talking to him through a monitor near the end, and he's like, you know, I'll turn off the virus if you just apologize. And the guy's like, I'm sorry. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. He's yeah. like, I don't believe you. You need to really accent your O more. Yeah, like they say that they're sorry a lot uh, throughout these episodes, but I thought that was funny because like literally the climax was about a kid saying I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, there is a, a great line delivery. Like this was the line that I was looking for when Gary started talking about like, there was a virus on my computer. So I need to get a, a virus doctor for my computer to take the virus off the computer. Like all that real heavy, non jargony jargon. Mm-hmm. And it's when the virus shows up in the, uh, the manifestation of this virus shows up and starts talking to Simon in the virtual reality thing. And he's starting to fuck up his life. And he reminds Simon, like, this isn't your house. He keeps calling him Einstein, too. Like, yeah. 
a ridiculous amount of times. That got kind of annoying. Every line he delivers, and this is an exaggeration, is Einstein. <laughs> Close call, Einstein. Like, maybe his name was Simon Einstein or something. Yeah, I didn't but understand he, that. Like, if this was, like, a a story about, like, a kid who was, like, trying to... I don't, like if like the virtual reality world had too much gravity or some shit, like I could see that. But like Einstein wasn't like a computer scientist or anything. Yeah. And it's not like Simon in the real world was calling Evan like, hey, way to go, Einstein. Like it would have been something if it was like a uh, if it was like an inside joke or, or rather like a, a term that was between them, like a tell. That yeah. Simon could be like, wait a minute, Einstein? I call Evan Einstein. No, it's just this virus is really fond of using Einstein as a uh, as an insult. Kind of like that kids in the hall sketch where the painter keeps calling the real Alfred Einstein Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did I hurt your genius feelings? But the virus says, this isn't your house, Einstein. You're in cyberspace. And I love that delivery. And that's I'm I'm think I'm pretty much done. Like that was all I really cared about in this episode. <laughs> yeah, that part's great. I like the the virtual reality cyberspace thing is like really cool and spooky. I thought for this show, like this is kind of like a, a more mature episode than a lot of others, especially compared to the last stupid ass episode. Uh, yeah, like it gets like real trippy and dreamy, and like they do like a lot of weird stuff with like the sound design, where like you can hear the the virus talking to the kid and like a, like bicycles are going by him without anybody riding them. And it's like, it gets kind of cool and spooky. Um, but then there's also a scene where like he goes into a classroom and he's like no longer wearing clothes and like they kind of pull it back and just kind of make it jokey and goofy again. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Um, the, uh, when he first comes downstairs, I thought that was cool. Like he sees an empty table, but then like the family shows up in a weird matrixy sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like this is pre matrix stuff. So they're like glitching into existence. Like that was, it's not great, but it was, it was interesting for the effect they were trying to go for. Um, again, definitely better than a shaky skeleton mm-hmm. and with a laugh track behind it. Yeah, that's for sure. And I mean this, I don't know if this has ever happened before on the show. I'm, Sure, maybe there's been one or two, but uh, there's nothing supernatural in this. Like, it's all sci-fi. Like, there's no ghosts or goblins. Like, this is not a – the virus isn't a demon. Like, he's just literally a computer virus that kind of manifests, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I do like the actor who plays the virus in this a lot. Like, he's been one of the better villains. And they don't kill him off in the end. Um, There's a uh, last-minute appeal that he made it out to the real world. And mm-hmm. I dig that. I kind of, he is kind of like a brainiac figure too. Like all he wants to do is just copy himself and, you know, make more of himself. Yeah. I, when I was searching for this one online, I don't remember this. I think maybe by this time I was kind of done watching the show, but apparently the kids out there really like this villain and he's like kind of a fan favorite. So really? Uh, yeah. It's easy to see why I think this is probably one of the better episodes we've, we've seen so far. I like yeah. this one. Yeah, me too. I also enjoyed this one. Um, and I, again, like after those first two, I had kind of a sour taste of uh, starting to watch some of these. I was just like, these first two are not doing it for this first like longer episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one was uh, very refreshing. It was a Ken Bone to my palate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that wraps it up for Are You Afraid of the Dark? 
uh, and end this episode. That's all of it. We got through all the stuff. Sounds like we did. Um, so yeah, so next week, uh, I guess we'll, me and Frisbee and the producers will have to talk about what we're doing because I think we should be doing an episode two weeks from now, but I think that we're both going to be in Los Angeles. So we're going to have to talk about the schedule. We'll keep you informed. Find us in podcast town or find us at facebook.com slash pool party radio. And, uh, we'll let you know, uh, there should probably be an episode in a couple of weeks or maybe three weeks. Maybe you'll have to go three weeks. Uh, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, and also, I think we got some shirts left. If you go to htbkicksass.com or mm-hmm. poolpartyradio.com and find the link uh, or our Facebook or where, you know, you'll find it. Uh, it's out there. I think there are some left. I think we got a few left. It might be in weird sizes, perhaps, but. Uh, buy those. You can go if you wear a pool party shirt. You can go as us for Halloween. That can be your costume. Yeah, that's the shirt I wear every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I smell terrible from wearing it so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> also, you can you can, <laughs> also <laughs> you can buy them pre smelly too. That's an option uh, on the website. You can buy yeah. them pre worn by Frisbee. Yes. Um. And yeah, send us some, some emails, poolpartyradio at gmail.com. Uh, send us pictures of your dad. We'll review him. We don't have to say what your dad's name is or who you are. We can keep these dads anonymous. Just send them in. Well, we want to talk about that dad. We want to meet that dad. Mm-hmm. It's a Tim and Eric reference, even though I hate them. And that's apparently <laughs> controversial to hate uh, something like super niche and uh, something that only 0.0000000% of the world enjoys. But apparently it's like crazy to not like them, even though they get about, uh, you know, uh, 30,000 viewers a week on Adult Swim. But uh, crazy not to like them, I guess. Absurd. Uh, you know, their, their movie made about uh, $37 at the box office, but I'm in the minority here. I'm not liking them. Uh, who could have known? Um, and uh, what else is there? Do we have other stuff? Uh, Twitter handles are at Final Parker, at Cumulus Frisbee. Uh, you can find us on there sometimes. And uh, did you mention the Facebook page? Man, find that Facebook page, facebook.com slash poolpartyradio. And if you liked uh, hearing recaps of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, remember that all of our previous seasons uh, for reviewing previous seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark are on poolpartyradio.com. Mm-hmm. Archived there. And I think that's everything. Yep. I think that's everything. So, uh Until next time, this is Parker for Ken Bone and Cumulus saying thanks for having fun.